Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 211. Today's boss tips are really derived from the live online panel I hosted earlier this week with three work-from-home experts all about how to work from home without losing your sense of work-life balance. So I'm going to be giving major shout-outs to Melissa Nicholson from WorkMuse, KJ Jolimo from Trips Travel Agency, and Dr. Monica Marcellus-Fotchman from Sheldrake Consulting. All three of them joined me live earlier this week, and you can actually get the entire panel replay in the links in today's show notes. But here are four key takeaways that I gained from this week's panel on how to work from home without losing your sense of work-life balance. Number one, claim your space. When you're working from home, especially when you're working from home with others who are now home as well, whether it be a partner, a parent, or a child, You really need to carve out some sacred space to get your work done. It's so important to have space that is devoted to nothing but work. Dr. Monica Marcellus-Fotchman made sure to mention that this space should not be mixed with your sleeping space. Do not work from your bed. It will ruin your sleep and ruin your work. And those two things should not mix in the same place. So keep your sleep space separate from your workspace. And I know it's tempting because we all can float around on our laptops to just work from wherever. But try to choose a regular spot that is ergonomically helpful for focus. So not slouching on the couch. Maybe it's sitting at your with the couch behind your back and a coffee table that's propped up in front of you that's the right height, right? Try to really make sure that you're in a comfortable position where you can focus if you don't have the luxury of having a desk or a dedicated workspace at home. If it's your dining room table, Keep it your dining room table, eat in the living room, and keep your space in the dining room devoted to working. Creating that sense of routine when you don't have an office to go into can really help you remain focused and help you distinguish between work time and life time. So when that laptop closes and you walk away from that dining room table space or whatever workspace you've devoted to work, you know the day is done and it's time to relax and unwind and just be yourself and live your life outside of work. The second key tip that came out of our panel is to be flexible. Have a little bit of patience with yourself. Give yourself grace. I think it was Melissa Nicholson from WorkMuse who really hammered this point home. She's got two school-age kids home, uh, one of whom is currently quarantined and sick. And she reminded us that these are very exceptional circumstances that we all find ourselves in. So if you are not having your most productive week or day and just not feeling like you're firing 100%, you're not alone. You know, be flexible with yourself. Yes, it's nice to have a plan, 
It's nice to have your Google Calendar all set up and your to-do list all prepared. But if things don't go according to plan, give yourself some grace. And if you recognize that what you really need is to take the morning off, try to be communicative with your team and say, hey, I'm going to be online late tonight to really get things done. I have to put my personal sustainability first right now. You know, you don't need to give all the details of I'm going to the doctors or I'm going to yoga at home right now. But if you need some yoga time with YouTube or if you need to sit in your PJs for half a day to just give yourself grace to do so. This is a very weird time. Let's have some flexibility and patience with ourselves as we navigate it. One of the key tips that came out of our panel had to do with communication. KJ Jolimo really hammered this point home, which is just pick up the phone, right? A lot of us are sending texts and Google invites and Zoom hangout links and 75 emails go back and forth as we try to understand this person's tone and maybe read too much into their short email and start to get offended or worried or nervous. Just pick up the phone. We do not actually need double confirmation to call someone. You don't need to text someone first and say, can I call you in one of these 17 different times over the next two days? Just call them. If you need to clarify something, if an email hit you the wrong way, try not to over-dramatize it. Pick up the phone and make human contact. If that person is unavailable, they won't answer. Or if they do and you ask, at the outset, hey, do you have a couple minutes? I want to chat with you. And they say, you know what? I don't right now. Can I call you back? Perfect. Let's bring back phone tag. Okay. It is still a thousand times more efficient than 75 emails whizzing back and forth, especially as we navigate remote work as a nation and globe right now. So be extra communicative and give yourself permission to just call someone if you need to. I have been picking up the phone a lot lately to check in with my speaking clients, all of whom have canceled our events for the next two weeks or two months, really, and just call, leave a voicemail, follow up via email, tell them what your cell is, have them hit you back. It is a very efficient way to communicate right now, and it, it's really what we need because using vocal tone can also help communicate empathy and come across much more sympathetically than an email ever can. An email is by definition just much colder and more subject to misinterpretation because you don't have vocal tone working in conjunction with your words. The final boss tip that came out of our discussion this week was to do your best to set yourself up to avoid the guilt hangover. You know, I think it was myself and Dr. Monica Marcellus Foxman who were talking about the concept of binge watching Netflix. And like any binge, when we use that word to describe what we're doing, it typically comes with a pretty significant experience of guilt afterwards, right? We don't feel great after we binge, whether we're talking about food or Netflix or whatever. So how can we flip this narrative in our own minds? How can we change our experience with downtime? I think this all boils down to being proactive as opposed to being reactive. So if I recognize that I am just not feeling it tonight, it is just not my night and I'm exhausted and frustrated and stressed, I will proactively proclaim 
I give myself permission. I'm, I'm writing a permission slip to myself to just sit on my phone and binge TikTok for a little while. And this is my TikTok hour, and I'm not going to feel bad for it. I'm not going to feel bad about it, right? And then on the back end, if I proclaim bad feelings about that, like I often will find myself on a Saturday when I've just been exhausted and traveling through time zones for public speaking events and just flop on the couch for pretty much all day on a Saturday, I'll say something negative about myself in front of Brad like, God, I just wasted a whole day. And he'll say to me, whoa, 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 you were tired. You needed that. Meanwhile, he's been like super productive and is like doing the shopping and cleaning the house and like vastly improving our lives, which he tends to do on a very regular basis. And I'll just feel like such a waste of space. And he'll remind me, hey, you needed this because. Now, it's better if we can proactively give that permission to ourselves. But even when we can't, even when we forget to do that, Sometimes just proclaiming that negative emotion out loud in front of someone who loves you, if they're poised to help, you know, if they know if they know what to do, if you've coached them into how to support you, it can also be a moment to avoid the guilt hangover. Guilt doesn't help you move forward, so we have to let it go. None of us are being perfect daughters, sisters, mothers, parents, whatever, friends or coworkers right now, and that's okay. Perfection is too high a standard to hold ourselves to in this uncomfortable and, and very weird time. So give yourself permission to do what you need to do to take care of yourself and really put yourself and your loved ones first right now. I hope these boss tips help you move forward in navigating working from home without feeling like your entire sense of work-life balance has gone out the window. For the full discussion with all of our panelists, head to the Bossed Up blog or head to the links in today's show notes, all of which you can find at bossedup.org slash episode 211. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves, be kind to one another, and keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose because together we'll lift as we climb. <laughs>